0: Let's go. Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Next Level People. We've got Rena. We've got Jamie Cohen in the house too. Hey was that a scrunchie on your
1: wrist just now? I never go without a scrunchie.
0: That is I don't think I've seen a scrunchie since like the nineties. That's that's awesome. Well
1: that's my favorite era, so.
0: There you go. There I you don't. go. So Jamie, I mean, I've got to let Rena introduce Jamie because you guys are like, you're, like a power, bread and butter. You're, a, you're a power couple, bread and oh, butter. You're like PB and J. <laughs> but Rena, I mean, tell me, tell me about this this lady you've got on this show. Who is this Jamie? This she baby? is
2: my other half. She's a content creator. She's a marketer, a buzz creator, a partner in crime. She can help you tell your story better than you can tell it yourself. Thank
0: That's you good know. because I can't really tell my story at all, so it's perfect. <laughs> and we're all in the
1: right
2: place.
0: Yeah. So, Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, tell me, I'm so glad to be here. Let's let's get a little bit of background. Who who are you, Jamie? Who is this person?
1: I am a woman of mystery.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: I, I've, done, I've done a lot of different things in my life, um, but they've all surrounded storytelling. And it wasn't until LinkedIn started hopping that I realized that what I was doing... So it started out as like unsolicited advice. I was giving my friends and my family a lot of unsolicited advice, much to their chagrin. But then it started working and they kept coming back for more. And I just thought, okay, well, this is just something I do now. I'm the person people come to advice for. And I didn't realize that that was something that I could actually do, that I could build a business on and have a have a job that I was passionate about. And so it's it started years ago with... Uh, I moved to... Well, I moved home from school, and I was a Spanish interpreter. So I was helping tell stories because Spanish doesn't translate directly into English. And the people that I was working with, a lot of them didn't really... They didn't speak English, but they didn't really speak Spanish. A lot of them were illiterate um, or were um, from like inner parts of Central America or South America. So the language was different. So I had to do a lot of actual interpretation and they would use words that they meant one thing, but the word meant another thing. So there was this one woman who came in and she was having, it was a medical facility. She was having horrible cramps and she kept telling me that she had this smear feeling in her stomach. And I was like, smear, that doesn't make any sense. So I would have had to go and ask her, like, what did you eat this morning? Like, what is your family like? Just all these questions about who she was, what she was doing. And then I was able to see, oh, you're having cramps. And so then I could I could explain that to the doctor. But it's it was all about using context clues yeah, in order yeah. to tell the full story. And yeah, context is. everything.
0: Yeah. Now that's super interesting. Now was it? was it because there was like slangs like Ecuadorian slang is different than Panamanian or Mexican slang or even like Spain, like what?
1: So all the slang is different. and all and there are a lot of words that are different. So the word for cheek in Mexican Spanish is different than the word for cheek in Colombian Spanish. And then the slang is different also. but this this was the sort of thing where, this was more of like an indigenous woman.
0: Mm. And
1: so the word had, a, it was almost like a false cognate. So if you would compare yeah. something like Spanish to Portuguese, there are two words that sound exactly the same, but are completely different. Yeah. And so it was that sort of thing. So I, that's why I had to use context because without the context, she was telling me the story that didn't make any sense. And using that, I was able to see, okay, well, you're telling me this. But it's with this story around it, which means you have cramps.
0: That's (laughs) wild. That's, okay, was that a fun job? Did you have fun with that or was that like tough?
1: It was fun. It was also really stressful because I was the only non-native Spanish-speaking person. So the first day I, when I graduated college, I was just, you know, any. 22 year old has an identity crisis as soon as they graduate. So I didn't know what I was doing with my life and it was the recession. So I graduated with like four major or three majors and a minor speaking four languages and couldn't get a job. So I was like, okay, I'll be an interpreter until I figure out what I want to do. Um, but so I was, I spoke Spanish, but I wasn't ever in a setting where I was speaking Spanish in in a professional environment. It it was always just with friends, and then friends were from different places, so I knew the slang with those specific friends, but I don't have a friend from every single country. So I got there the first day, and I was just like...
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I hope no one pages me. <laughs> <laughs> so I... But the thing is, that's that's the way that I've always done everything. Anything that has frightened me, instead of saying, like, okay, well, I'll just try a little bit, I just cannonball into it and hope yeah. for the best. So I, I was... Every day I was learning 50 words and I'd study them in between patients and it, it ended up being a lot of fun and it, it helped it helped me expand my knowledge and my mind because also some people would come in and they wouldn't have any teeth and your teeth are so important when it comes to enunciation. Yeah. so these people would come in and be like, to <laughs> and I'd be like, you, you, would you want chocolate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's wild. And
1: so, you know, and Also, the thing that I, you know, I love, I love meeting people and understanding different cultures and the culture, not, not every single culture, but a lot of Latin American cultures, um, Hispanic culture is much more um, touchy feely than American culture. So when you're the patient's come in, they want to like hug you or hold your hand and ask you how your day is. And they want you to ask them how their day was and what they did this weekend and how their family's doing and all these different, even if they don't really know you that well, at least that's what I was experiencing at this particular facility. So it gave, it, it, it gave me, I I would say I have a lot of empathy, but it gave me the ability to be even more empathetic because I was understanding how they wanted to communicate. And I was, communicating with them in that way.
0: That's super interesting. That's an interesting way to get your career started too. And for the storytelling aspect of it, that's, that had to be, I mean, not, uh, not that it's like fun and everything like that. It seems fun to me because I love the idea of languages and I love getting into that. But I think that probably helped catapult because you had to get the context. Like you said, like the context was everything like oh a smear equals cramp in this context <laughs> that's yeah no and so it kind of like I mean it makes sense that you went from that and then eventually marketing director, business development and now doing your own thing with Jane Balaya, right? Yes. Talk to us about Jane Balaya and then we're that we're gonna get into this topic, but I just I wanna give people the context for your story.
1: Sure. Um so the purpose of Jane Balaya is to help people tell their story more effectively mm-hmm. by teaching them to be better communicators. So um, it's two part. One side is the branding side. So helping businesses tell their story by rebranding their website. Um, not clarifying, because I, I like to work with people who already have a clear value proposition, but um, consolidating it, making sure it's it's in one or two sentences rather than a half an hour explanation, um, helping them helping them become authentic people. So if you see them on stage or you see them in a video or um, you see them at a conference and then you meet them in person, you're meeting the same person in every in every situation. Right. And so that's, that's sort of like the company brand side. Then on, on the other side, it's all focused on communication skills. So with, with everything that I was talking about, it's helping people learn how to provide context to their communication partner so that, that person gains perspective and then is able to communicate using empathy so I call that engaging with empathy
0: interesting that's cool yeah so how long you been doing that now
1: so I've had my company for about seven and a half years on the side and it's gone through a lot of transformations but in its current form it's really just been since um, March Wow which is amazing and it's because of LinkedIn there's no way that I could be where I am now, and I still have a. There's a lot that I still have to do, but there's no way I could be where I am now without LinkedIn and the amazing community, and you know the people that I've met. I mean, people like Rena. I didn't know Rena until this year.
0: I know. I've so the crazy thing, is, like if you think about, and this is shameless LinkedIn plug, and I try to avoid it because I sound like such a like a, a Jeff Weiner fanboy over here. <laughs> ha! But like, I've literally, I've never met Rena. I've never met Sean Hervey. I've never met like any of the people that I've collaborated with on any of these projects. I've never met a single one of them. And it's wild to me, like the impact that we've been able to make simply because of LinkedIn. It's insane. It's such a crazy thing. It's such a crazy thing. So you've been, you've been doing this entrepreneurial thing for seven and a half years, but really like full time since March and the whole idea of this episode and this week that this episode is coming out on is the idea of entrepreneurship and the mental health state within that realm. Talk to us about some of the the trials and the tribulations and the struggles that you've gone through. I mean, you you touched very lightly on the idea of identity and who you Mm -hmm. are and everything like that. Talk to us about that. Walk us through your story there. So
1: that's, that's something that's always been very complicated for me because people like to put people into a box. They like to give them labels so that they can identify them based on certain categories. So this is context again, people are giving themselves context. But for me, I have so many interests and so many passions People didn't weren't able to do that, and so they just saw me as all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, after I did that translation, I came to Chicago. I was a competitive salsa dancer. I was doing oh, um, was improv awesome. and sketch and stand-up comedy, and I was bartending. I was doing all these different things, which, you know, when you look at them, they all surround storytelling. But I always say, you know, when you're in the middle of the maze, it's hard to see any sort of pathway. And that that's something that I really struggled with. And so I I didn't feel like I had a lot of control over what was happening to me or what was going on in my life, especially because my um, mom was diagnosed with breast cancer halfway through this entrepreneurial journey. So I just spent all of my time helping other people, which I love to do. And, you know, like I said, with the unsolicited advice, I was I was helping all these people and they were not only succeeding but they were wildly succeeding and I just kept thinking you know why is it that every single person I help has this crazy success but nothing is happening for me but what I was what I realized and the reason that I am where I am now and you know also because of the help of you know my community and my family I was succeeding the whole time. I just didn't have perspective because each time someone was having success or someone was moving past something, that was a that was a win for me because without our my relationship with that person, maybe that wouldn't have happened or it would have happened, but maybe not till much later. So, you know, there were there were a lot of ups and downs, and um, I I call myself and um, extroverted introvert. I love being around people. I, when I'm excited, I'm very energetic, but I've always had, you know, some social anxiety and I need my alone time to recharge. Mm -hmm. I love being around all these people, but I, after different events and after a bunch of phone calls, I am drained. I am so exhausted. (laughs) It's like, it's like I did, I was working out all day, Mm -hmm. even though it was just my brain. Um, and, and so it's, through LinkedIn, I've been able to sort of regain um, myself and my presence because when, when my mom got sick, I just sort of retreated into this shell and felt like it nothing really made sense and there was no point in anything. And then I was working with all these different people that weren't treating me well and so I spent so much time alone, that's what I got used to. So the thought of being around anybody, except for my husband and a couple of my friends, was just, it was, I did not want to do it. Anytime I went out, I was just counting down the hours to like go home. Mm-hmm. And I, it just, and it, that, that, I sort of had an identity crisis because I was feeling the way I was feeling, but it wasn't in line with how I'd felt in the past. So this is, I'm having my experience but it's not who I am or who I want to be. So through LinkedIn and LinkedIn local and you know meeting all these amazing people, meeting people like Rena,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: I've been able to you know come into my own again and I like going out now. I like meeting people and you know wondering where the day or the night is going to go and I feel like you know maybe my experience is is somewhat unique in the fact that I was doing all, doing so many different things, and then lost my mom in the mix. But I think for every entrepreneur, it is a constant battle, and a lot of people will say, you know, things used to be so hard, I had no money, no one believed in me, but they don't tell you what were the steps that they took to get to where they are now. So they're sharing, they're, they're being um, vulnerable with you, and you understand that it wasn't always perfect like it is now, but where does that leave you? Because when I was in my state, someone telling me to just, you know, stay strong. I, I hate when people say stay strong mm-hmm. because you have no other option. When things are horrible, you stay strong or you drown. And instead, that's that's something that's that I'm very passionate about when people are struggling. You know, you ha- you can only help people who want to be helped, but you have to give them actionable steps that they can take to be successful if you're going to help them at all. Because positive vibes and prayers don't do anything. Mm-hmm. They're nice. You want people to be thinking about you. But when it comes down to making money and paying your rent and supporting your family, you need more than that. And so that's that's what I think this sort of why the LinkedIn community has, has turned out the way that it is. Because people realize now that if we compete with each other, we're all going to drown. But if we collaborate, we're able to build this makeshift boat this raft we all get on and the more people we bring on the bigger the boat gets and the nicer it gets and you know by the time by the time we realize what's going on we're halfway across the world
0: mm. so talk talk to me about let's let's dig in a little bit deeper so i mean that's a ton of stuff that you i mean like you said you're going in like 80 million different directions you got punched in the face with your mom's stuff that she had going on and y- you turned inward, which is like, I, I relate to that so much because I am actually an extroverted introvert as well. Like if I, if I'm up on stage and have like a thing to do, like yeah. let's go. But if you throw me in a room of people and just say like, Hey, just go talk to somebody. I'm like, Ugh, like <laughs> <laughs> I, I like have a mini panic attack. And I like pretend to be on the phone or like, go to the bathroom 80 million times or something like that. And that's like something that I had to like like even now I like I have to fight those things, but going internally and pushing it's, it's a way for me. I don't know if this is the same for you, but it's a way of avoiding that reality. It's a way of avoiding, like I don't want to deal with that stuff. I don't want to even like have to answer the question. How are you? I don't want to have to, uh, have anybody ask me any of those hard questions? That's what it's like for me. But what what were you doing when you went internally? What were those feelings? Like, how did you feel when you did that?
1: So when bad things happen to you, people say, you know, you should reach out. You should tell people what's going on. But so tr- the truth is something that's very important to me. So when people would ask me how I was doing, I would tell them. And mm. they couldn't handle it. I remember I was at, and this was when things were getting better. I was at my friend's um, wedding shower. And she was talking about a time when I used to do comedy. And she she was asking, you know, do you think that you'll ever get back into that? And every like all eyes were on me in the room. There were like 15 people there. And I was like, you know, when? And this is the truth, but it was, looking back, very traumatic. <laughs> I was like, when my mom died, a part of me died too. And I don't think that I could go back into comedy. And then there was just dead silence.
0: And I was Jeez. like...
1: So punch. <laughs>
0: <a> yeah.
1: <laughs> Are there any other questions?
0: Yeah.
1: Like people aren't prepared. Yeah. So when you're going through things, it's it's hard because you want to be nurtured and coddled, but you also it, the reason why it's so hard is you have to reach out, but you also have to protect the people that you're reaching out to, which makes it shouldn't be like that. But in in this society, at least mm-hmm. in the U.S if that's what you want, you have to, you have to ease in. So there's this like happy medium. It's an equilibrium.
0: Yeah. And so what, what were some of those, you talked about like all the entrepreneurs, they say, Oh, I used to be poor. I used to do this and now I'm like a quadrillionaire, but nobody's given <laughs> those steps. What what are those, what are those steps to go from like internal, like just going inside and like, I mean, it sounds like you you handle it a little bit different than I I would because like I avoid the question, or I used to avoid. I've gotten better at it. I would avoid the question, and I would push people away. That that was how I dealt with things. Uh, you just blurted it out, which is like, <laughs> that's, to me, like, I would rather have that. Like, I would rather a friend be like, you know what? This is what happened, and be like, holy crap. Okay, let's talk about that. Uh, <laughs> than having somebody be like me and, like, push everything away. But, like, what, what were the – how did you get out of – that funk and get back to who you are. I know you said LinkedIn, but like, again, what, what were the, what were the actual steps? Because I feel like if we're going to talk about you being going through that stuff and then saying, and then I got LinkedIn, that's not, that's not going to actually help anybody. Cause there are a lot of people that are depressed on LinkedIn.
1: Yeah. Well, I think this is the number one thing that everyone needs, whether or not you're dealing with mental illness. Mm-hmm. I got a therapist. And it's, it's, I always say finding a therapist, finding a good therapist, is harder than finding a husband, but you know that it's (laughs) worth it in the end. So you just have to push. So I found this amazing therapist um, and I was very like suspect in the beginning because I am very skeptical so much so that I'm skeptical of my own skepticism. So um, (laughs) it it was very complicated. Um, And working with her was really helpful because I, I was able to contextualize for myself what I had been through and where I wanted to go. And she was able to give me steps because I had seen a few other therapists and they were like, just talk about it. Let's talk about this. And talk therapy can be very beneficial, but for someone like me, who's always talking, I don't need to talk about an issue that I had with a boyfriend from college that doesn't even matter anymore. That doesn't, like yeah. that's a part of my life, but it's not affecting me currently because it's an issue I dealt with. I need someone to say, okay, I hear what you're saying. And based on this, you can do X, Y, and Z. Here's your homework, go try that. So I found this therapist and that that was helpful, but it wasn't enough. So I, I had seen um, a bunch of videos that Kira Day was putting out. Mm. Um, she's in Toronto. she's amazing. She's the founder and CEO of the Passion Center. Um, and I just I was really I was really drawn to her just the way that she the way that she told her story, her videos were long. They were very long. but for some reason I was able to get through the whole video and I reached out to her and I and I was like, i I want to talk to you. I feel like I need to talk to you. I think you're so amazing. And we got on this call and I think, we spoke for like three hours. And I, so she, in addition to helping people find their passion, she's almost, she's like a, the best mix between a life coach and a business coach and a consultant. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she really was able to give me perspective because I would, I would always say to my friends, you know, I wish I had a me to help me. And she was that me. So I would say something and she would say she would say something back to me and be like oh my gosh you're brilliant and she'd be like Jamie you literally just said that to me <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes it takes hearing it from someone else to to really you know to hear it's sort of like when your parents tell you something and it sounds stupid and then your best friend who doesn't know anything tells you something and you're like oh my gosh you're a genius yeah you start as you get older you start treating yourself and uh, well, at least if you've gone through trauma. So not everybody, because we don't want to make generalizations. Right. You start treating yourself like a parent. You don't trust your own thoughts and belief systems and all these things. So it, it's great to have to have another person to help be sort of like your spirit guide.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But someone who's planted firmly on the ground. So I'd say, you know, the therapist and then Kira. And then I feel like the final... Component was meeting Rena
2: because, oh my gosh, really?
1: Yeah, I remember on our first date, um, (laughs) we just had like this amazing conversation, and Rena was like, I feel like everything in my life was leading up to this moment that we're in right now. And that I almost started crying because no one says things like that. It was, I, people are always fronting, they always have this they are putting on this facade and hoping that you don't see their vulnerabilities because it turns out they're human and they've had, you know, they've made mistakes Mm -hmm. and it just sort of, it sort of gave me the confidence to say, okay, there, there are people who believe in me. And even though I don't believe in myself right now, I know that I can because there are these other people around to support me. But so all of those things were very important for me getting back to like Fixing my mental health and um, sort of regenerating my spirit. But those things are all, everyone has their own individual experience. But actionable steps, I really want to talk about this because people don't give you this. So you need to build a community. You can do that by getting really engaged in a Facebook group. Um, I built this amazing community on Instagram. So I'm actually, I was a, a a. fashion and lifestyle blogger for a while. And I still do that a little bit. I haven't spoken that, about that on LinkedIn, really. But that's coming this week.
0: So check
1: her out. <laughs> yeah. And I met all these amazing women. And they their life seemed perfect. Because on Instagram, you have this very curated look into your life. Um, but And also, you could get involved on LinkedIn. Really, you can just send someone a message and say, I think you're great for the following reasons. I would love to get on a call with you. Um, and... And so the community part, that's big. The second part is you need to, you need to, um, Well, I guess Jake Melton calls this minimalizing. You need to get rid of all of the things around you that you don't need, because even, even having a messy house that, that can, or just like the space that you work. I know that when I always think like clear, I always say clear working space because your whole house is never going to be clean. I say clear working space. Um, or clean working space, clear mind. So you need to clear out the space that you're working, and then you need to get organized. I'm very fond of spreadsheets. Every single person that you speak with, make a Google Doc, take notes while you're on the call, and then put them into categories in a spreadsheet so that you know when to call upon them, and you know how to help them. So if you hear, if you're speaking to someone and they say, "Oh, you know, I need this copywriter," you could, uh, "I need someone who's really good with content strategy." You could say, "Oh well, yeah, Joe Lewin is amazing at that." I'm going to connect you to, and so you you get help for your, you build your community, get mental help if you need it. If you don't need mental help, then you just build the community, clear your working space, get organized, um, and then also having um, a something. So I really like. Um, I have this planner that I use. And it took me a really long time to find. Um, and it's a mixture between a journal and, and just like a daily planner. So I make lists with everything. And every day I take the things that didn't get checked off and put that on the top priority so that I make sure that I do the things that I really didn't want to do the first thing every day. Um, and then, you know, those, those things, they're not going to, you're not going to do those things and all of a sudden become successful, but that's laying the groundwork. Once you have all of that, then you need to be able to really clearly explain to people what you do and the reason why you do it. So people, there are so many people doing, if we're in this gig economy. A lot of people are doing what you're doing. They probably do it a little differently, but people want to know what is you know, everyone says your why, but I think it's deeper than that. What is your, your passion? What is your inspiration? What is What in this moment is pushing you to do what you're doing? Mm-hmm. So once you have all of that, then you know I, I talk about taking calculated risks. If you have a job that you don't love, but it's paying the bills, don't just quit that job. Keep that job and do all of this stuff on the side until you are certain that you can take this little risk, but if it doesn't work out... You're not going to lose your house or not be able to feed your family or you know, any of the number of horrible things that can happen. Um, you know, it's, it's when the more organized you are and the more prepared you are, the better off you end up becoming. So now you've done all this stuff, you've built this community, you have this, you've clarified your message. Now, you can go to different networking events or you can go back to your community who already knows and supports you and say, hey, everyone, I figured out what I do. This is what I do. Does anyone need help with this? And then people, you know, it'll probably be slow at first because people will see you as this person who is getting help from everyone and you need need time to build up that sort of street cred. Mm -hmm. But everything takes time. Nothing happens overnight. The people who things happen overnight for, they've been preparing for 10 years and
0: it right. just happened
1: that in that moment they had crazy success.
0: Yeah. No, that's... So, it's interesting. And Rena, I'm sure that you're going to... You've probably noticed this as well. So, in the conversations that we've had, the the one common denominator is that community. That everybody, once they get to the other side or as in process to getting to the other side somewhere in that formula is community and that's that there's something there and it's it's an interesting thing where if you're able to build that community you're able to just live life stronger and, and act as the powerful person that you maybe once were or never knew you were because other people see the things that you don't see in yourself. And just like you said, it's the whole like parent thing where like you think they're stupid until you get out in the world and you get beat up a few times and <laughs> somebody else tells you like, uh, you should do this. And you're like, God, oh, man, I feel like my dad said that. Or I feel like my mom said that or something like that. It's, it's an interesting thing. This community, building aspect and how it helps people to get out of Whatever funk they're in and it it increases the mental health. There's a lot more to that. I think at at the core foundation of who we are as humans that we need and crave community of like-minded people that are there to support. I Don't know. It's interesting
2: What else is interesting to me from the last couple of interviews that we've done is that when you're at that rock bottom, it seems like the the people that we've interviewed, they find one person who really knows them and who believes in them that can help them see who they really are.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, there's that, that catalyst. is crazy. Yeah.
2: yeah. That a person can have that ability at somebody's, you know, lowest point, they can say something to them that is like, hey, I know you. I've seen you kick ass. Think about that time when you did that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, and the interesting thing also is like, are, I guess the thing to challenge ourselves with is, are we willing and ready to do that for someone? If they reached out to us, would we, are we prepared right now to pick up that phone and speak that life into somebody. Like that's to me, that's like, that's a hard question to ask myself. Like, would I be willing to take that time? Would I be willing to take that call? Because it's not always like, Hey, I'm on a bridge. Sometimes it's just like, dude, do you have a few minutes to talk or whatever? Being willing to be inconvenienced for that person in that moment. And it was so interesting. A story from, I guess probably two months back, I was running late. I had to take the trash out to get to work, and and, uh, my oldest son was with me outside. Uh, I was saying goodbye to him, and a lady from across the street never met her in my entire life. No idea why she decided to come up to me now, but she came up to me and she said, hey, my husband just, just died. She was like in her 60s or 70s or something like that. Uh, and so here I am like hugging this lady in the middle of the street with my five-year-old, he's hugging her. And like, we're having this like moment and it hit me like, good Lord, how many times have I passed up opportunities like this? How many other people that I've been living next to for the past 20 years or whatever, have I just not noticed? And to me, that's like, that's my biggest challenge right now is like, am I noticing the people around me? that's it scares me almost like how how many people have i not noticed how many people have i not been that person for it's it's a wild thing because you're right there is that one catalyst person that drives them into seeking out the community that's scary to me a little bit
1: but it's not a bad thing because the fact that you haven't noticed these people doesn't necessarily that doesn't make you selfish or bad in any way I think it just means that you weren't ready at that point in your life to be the help that someone needs because we can we can be the most successful people, we can be the most happy people, but that doesn't mean in that moment that we have the strength, the wherewithal, the bandwidth to help someone else who is, who is in terrible need, especially for people who are introverts, especially for people who are sensitive to the emotions of other people. When you help someone, you don't just help them, you experience it, you experience it. And that is, that's a lot to deal with, especially if you have a spouse or a significant other, or if you have kids or, you know, if you are working on a big project, that's a lot to take on. So you have to be at a point in your life where, where you can say to yourself, okay, things are a little crazy right now, but if someone throws something on me, I'll be able to bounce it back. I'll be able to provide the cushion that they need, but not absorb the shock. And that's something that takes, that takes a while, that takes a while to cultivate.
0: Yeah.
2: And you may not be the right person, but you might know the right person. Yes. And I've been in that situation too, where, you know, I had a good friend reach out to me and she had to make a very difficult decision. she found out that the child that she was going to have would never be okay. Mm. And... I was definitely like, I loved this girl. I was happy that she reached out to me. I could cry with her, but I was not the right person. And therefore, I tried to connect her with somebody who was more qualified to talk to her than me. Mm-hmm.
0: That's, yeah, no, that's good. Like Because that, that's you're still being there for her in that moment. It's not like you're pushing her away. You're just saying, like, let me love you by sending you to this other person let me love you by I will cry with you I will feel that pain with you but let's get you some deeper help than I can do and I feel like that that is a really really solid point so the building of the community thing for somebody that is introverted like they're not the extroverted introvert they are like hardcore let me just like read a book in my house for the rest of my life and I'll be happy how do you how do you build a community around that
1: well I think there's a difference between being an introvert and not being curious about the anyone or the world around you and I think introverts are just as where all humans want to connect I think introverts are just as eager to connect just have a lot less energy than someone who's extroverted. So they have to, they can only expend, they have this certain amount of energy that they can use in a day and they can only expend it in certain areas. So I think for people like that, it's good to start building, and this is what I did, it's good to start building relationships individually because it's much easier to send messages back and forth on LinkedIn or sit down for a cup of coffee or you know, have dinner with someone or go to the park than to go to a huge event where there's a lot of stimulus, where there's a lot of noise, there are a lot of different outcomes depending on which, which decision you make. If you, if you go individually, if you start building these individual relationships, it's a lot less stressful and you're, you're able to build the community a lot faster and build a stronger community.
0: Yeah, no, that's a really good point, because I think that's actually why I became at least semi successful through LinkedIn is because I was able to do it one at a time. It wasn't a group of people at a networking event where like, hey, everybody, let's have a community (laughs) time. You know, it's like it's it's like you start up like Rena and I like just randomly messaged because of Michaela Alexis and like. Now we're here today talking to Jamie Cohen and, and like, it was just a quick, I don't even, I don't know if she reached out to me or I reached out to her, regardless, it was just like a simple message and now we're building something together and we have a community together because of that one message uh, where had I met her at a networking event and that was it, I don't, I don't, I almost guarantee at least on my side, I don't think I would have been able to build a community that way. So it's interesting that you you bring that up. That's a really, really solid point. Um, so the key takeaways, let me make sure that I'm saying this right. You're in that spot, you reach out, you get the professional help if you need it. Right. Yes. And then from there, it's straight to community building, right?
1: If, if that professional help is enough, if you are seeing a therapist and it's not enough, the next step might be to look into finding a, a life coach or um, someone who is who is in between um, a life coach and a mentor consultant. Someone someone who has the tools that you need.
0: Mm.
1: So just becoming allowing yourself to become more curious and yeah. seeking people who are doing the thing that you want to do or can help you do what it is you
0: want to do. It's interesting that you bring up the life coach thing. I have not, I don't think any of the three, you're the third person that we've, we've talked to about this. I don't think any of them have brought up life coach. And I I do think that is, or can be a very significant piece of the equation. Talk to us about life coaches and what to expect with that, because I've never dealt with a life coach before.
1: I think that, that that term is kind of a buzzword and that's, I'm sort of using it as one. Um, but I think right now everyone is a coach, everyone is a consultant, everyone is this and that, but someone who the whole idea of a life coach is someone who you'll be able to connect with on a personal level, who's able to understand you deeply, but objectively, and then over time build a relationship with you. So they become more involved with you and then your success is their success to a point so that investment that started out as objective investment is a lot stronger than it would be with um, with let's say a friend because I would say that I have friends who have known my whole life who I love who don't know me half as well as my friends on LinkedIn who I've known for some of which I've only known for 6 months. Right. So it's finding those people who you can have this deep connection with but who have the power to help you or the ability so whether that means that they have a successful career and they mentor people saying hey i i really need help with this here's what i will be able to do in the long run and i'd love to be able to help you in any way i can now but here's where i am is and then just get to know that person and see if they're willing to take you on or you know if you have a service that you already provide Um, I did this a lot, do exchange of services. I'll give you my service for free and I'll need your service. And then can you, is there some way that you can help me? And then you form a really strong bond that way because instead of having this monetary gain, you have this emotional gain. So it's, you're even more, you're more invested and you're hoping that they succeed more.
2: I honestly kind of feel like Some of how I wanted to work on this podcast with you was that, you know, I'm like, hey, I've always wanted to do a podcast. Awesome. You know, I'm very impressed by your podcast. You want me to do some intros and book people, which is a strength of mine. So it was kind of like a foot into what I wanted to be doing. Am I, are we monetizing yet? No, but I'm hearing amazing stories, which I'm totally a news junkie. Mm -hmm. I'm learning for you, from you, like seeing what kind of questions you ask. So it gives me a different perspective. And, you know, I love all things marketing. So it's helping me market myself better. It's, it's, it's going places where I, you know, can't even imagine where it's going to go.
0: Yeah. No, and, and that's, that's the fun thing about this is like talking to people like Jamie, like Rena, like all the people that I've talked to, it gives me access to a different perspective and helps me to – like I think I, I was saying on an earlier episode, helps me to round out my own beliefs. It's an interesting – it's a really interesting thing when you build that community because you it's that sounding board that you get. It's I mean even like a sounding board doesn't have to be about new ideas. Like, hey, what about this business? It could be like, man, I suck like listen to this story about how I did like, Oh no, you didn't suck. You just like, you screwed up here, but like, look at all this other stuff and it just gives you the different perspectives. That's the power of community. Uh, one of the powers of community. It's, it's a, it's an awesome thing. Um, so, I mean, Jamie, this was the, so I know that there in this episode, there were a lot of pauses and it wasn't because the lack of communication or lack of solid conversation. It was because like, I thought, more in this conversation than I have in a long time where I was just like, Ooh, what, what does that mean? What does that mean for me? How do I like you gave me a lot of food for thought and I appreciate that. And I hope, I hope our listeners do that as well. I'm sure that they will because I mean, this is you, you brought a different perspective. Like I said, the whole idea of life coach uh, and you gave a little bit of a different spin on the community side. And so I'm super excited about how this is going to impact our listeners. And so I really appreciate what you brought to this episode for sharing your story, for sharing your funk, your, your scrunchie <laughs> for anybody that's going to be watching this. She's got a scrunchie on her right wrist, right? I think. Yes, I can't always tell. the right wrist. Always the right wrist. All right. I'm still
2: thinking about the beginning when she talked about the schmear. I wanted to say oy vey schmear," but then I thought I would sound like super dorky.
0: (laughs) I love it. I mean, if there's any place to be super dorky, it's in my presence because you can't like, I feel like I am the ultra dork. Like if you, like the longer you interview and podcast with me, you're going to realize like, man, Greg is a big old geek. He is a nerd. He's a dork. That's just who I am. And it's like, I've learned to love it about myself because I make myself laugh a lot. But like, don't worry. You can, if you, if you have a dorky comment, have at it. I
2: was holding back the always beige mirror, Like the whole Oy episode. Vey. Do it. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and on a separate note, I like Rena, you're, you're actually super funny. I caught it. Oh one God, of the, yeah. one of the comments uh, I forget what it was, but you said it was a little unorthodox, and it was the person that you said it to I was like, oh, oh my gosh, only Rena can say that. I feel like I might get in trouble if I said that. Oh, I
2: love
1: like, it when Rena does that. It was, it was
2: kind of a little pre-warning. I was it, like, don't know if you should listen to that one. You might yeah. not be liking all my posts
0: anymore. Yeah, that was <laughs> yes, so Yes, very subtle,
1: but very funny.
0: Yeah, Thanks. it was awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Jamie, if they wanted to get connected with you, obviously LinkedIn, Jamie Cohen is J-A-I-M-E Cohen. Yes. And then where else can they can they reach out to you and connect with you?
1: Um, You can reach out to me via my email, jamie at jambalaya.com. Uh, you can reach out to me on any social channel. All of my handles are jambalaya.com. And um, I am relaunching my website, so in the next couple of weeks you'll be able to reach me there, janebelaya.com. And yeah, I can't wait to connect with all of you, and, and thank you, Rena and Greg, for having me here. It was I mean, this, is, this has been such a fun conversation, and um, it's, it's amazing how we, how we can connect so quickly mm-hmm. in such a short amount of
0: time.